So, I'm going to be sharing on um, I Am the Resurrection and the Life, uh, which is in John chapter 11. So if you do have a Bible, um, just whip it over to that. understanding of it was like oh yeah like Jesus can resurrect people that's awesome but um, I, I would love for you just to come to this with like a um, fully unbiased opinion of the story and just like learn it again because there's so much depth to it and um, I feel like God's really revealed a lot of stuff through it um, and there's definitely like so many surprises as well that I'm really keen to share on so if someone would want to read from maybe 11 1 to 16, and then someone else from 17 to 37, and then one more person from 38 to 44. That would be awesome. So, I'm just going to choose people because you're not going to volunteer. Singo, <laughs> you're the first bit. One to, <laughs> one to 16, so. Um, Jen, you were really ready, so that's so <laughs> um, 37, and then, who else has the Bible open? <laughs> M, from 38 to 44, that'd be awesome. <laughs> now, a man, um, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the the one you love, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, "This sickness will not end in death. No, it is it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it." Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick. He stayed, where he, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago the Jews they tried to stone you, and yet you were going back. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the day will not stumble, for they will see, for they will see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has, Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to be there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will... His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as that <laughs> said, said to the rest of his of the disciples, let us also go that way. Let us also go that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. 
Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here, and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews were, who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. The Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of blind men also kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Thanks, Adam. You're such great readers. <laughs> um, what a passage, hey? Like, there's so much in it and it's quite long. Um, I just love to pray just quickly um, before I share. Lord God, I just pray um, that tonight you'll really speak through me. Um, Lord, I pray that... It'll be your words and not my own that speak to your people and reveal yourself to them. Lord, I just pray that um, I want to speak nothing but truth about you and I want to speak nothing but truth about Jesus, Lord God. I pray that um, you'll do this through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, like, I'm going to start from the start. I'm going to kind of just go through it um, bit by bit on like, what I think is really important parts of it but if you guys have any questions at any time please let me know and we will do a bit more of like a discussion at the end in groups so we can or in one big group maybe it's not too big um all right so the start so a man named Lazarus was sick right and Jesus is told this he's told Lord the one you love is sick I think this is so epic like the one you love imagine like describing yourself to God as like I'm the one you love. Like, that's, he loves everyone, right? And he's like, no, I'm the one you love. I think that even, like, such a small thing 
such a cool thing to take away. It's like, God loves me and I can literally identify myself as I'm Kat, the one that God loves. Like, I think that is so cool that they did that back then. Um, That's just a minor point. And he says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Um, So I think here what Jesus is saying, he's like, the purpose of this illness and this ailment and this grieving is not going to be death itself. Like, Lazarus will die, and we've seen that he does die, but this is not the point of this, and Jesus is going to use this death for so much more than, um, than just the death that it's going to end in. He's going to use it to glorify God. Um, and he has such, like, a greater purpose for this death. Um, and that might be kind of foreign to us. We're like, how is, um, how is death for God's glory? Like, that's an awful thing that God would want to glorify himself through, like, something that causes us so much pain and so much grief. Um, and that's something that I'll touch on later, but it's hard for us to understand that um, something that would cause um, God's people so much pain would actually bring him glory. Um, So then it says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So it's really easy to like read over bits of the Bible and not fully understand like what they're saying and or just to be like, okay, yeah, he stayed there two more days. But literally here it's saying, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus um, and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And I know in other translations it says, um, like, therefore. Does does anyone say therefore? So he stayed where he was. Yeah, so this is probably not a great translation. Could you read that sentence? So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So the word so, is it means therefore. It's like, God loved these people so, because he loved them. He stayed where he was two more days. Like, how does that make any sense in our understanding of love for someone? I think this is, like, a really challenging thing because once you actually dwell on it, you're like, Jesus loved these people so when the person that he loved was really, really sick and likely to die, he stayed where he was for two more days. It's like, what? That's love? Like, you loved him so you left him to die? Like, that's insane. Um, And that's, like... We, have, we put so much of like what we believe love is and our impression of the world and our worldview onto reading the Bible and it, and it makes it really unclear. But for God and for Jesus, this makes so much sense because God's ultimate love for people and Jesus' ultimate love for people is that we may know God, that we may have a relationship with God, that we may come into a relationship that's so intimate with God that we will have eternal life and that we will be forgiven And so that is like what Jesus sees as love. Like he would best love his people that we would know the glory of God, that we would understand like his deity and that like he is gracious towards us and that we have eternal life through him. And I thought that was crazy. It's like he loved them so he stayed so that Lazarus could be fully dead. And that's insane. Like when he gets there, it says later on that it was four days that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. It's like, it takes two days to get from where he was in Bethany to um, Jerusalem. So he delayed two days. Oh, actually, no, I think it takes like, I think it 
takes like a day or something. But he delayed two days and then like spent an extra day kind of getting there. Like he was really making sure that it was four days after Lazarus died. And this is really interesting because um, there was this theory, right, back then that when someone died, their spirit kind of like hung around them and like around the grave for three days, right? And so, like, Jesus obviously doesn't believe this. He doesn't think, oh, yeah, like, maybe the spirit's there for three days and, like, it could just, like, pop right back in. Like, no. But he believes, like, he knows that people of the day, like, do believe this. And so he's like, look, for your sake, because I know you guys believe in this weird, like, heebie-jeebie, like, spirit above the grave thing, I'm going to make it four days so that you can't be like, oh, it's not that impressive. Like, the spirit's still hovering kind of thing. So I thought that was so epic. Like, he's so intentional with what he does. And he's like, no, I'm going to make it a really, really long time because I love you and I want you to know God's glory. So let's keep going. Um, so he says, then he says to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and yet you were going back there. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble for he sees by this world light. It is when he walks at night that he stumbles for he has no light. This is just like classic Jesus, like another passing teaching. He's like every sentence to teach. But I love that. I mean, like, if you walk in the light, you won't stumble. If you walk in the darkness, you will stumble. And Jesus just like, look, like, if you're with me, if you're with God, we'll be fine. Like, we just need light and we won't stumble. Um, so after he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. But Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go then. So, um, so he's saying, look, Lazarus has fallen asleep. He means death, but his disciples don't understand that sleep could mean death. So I really love this bit, because I was going through it with Dan, and I thought, it's just so funny that, like, in Jesus' eyes, what he says, like, everything that he says is so clear to him. He's like, from his perspective, it makes so much sense. Like, when his believers die, when his people die, they're only going to, like, a temporary sleep because they're going to be resurrected. And, like, death is only sleep. But we just don't get it. Like, sleep to us is natural sleep, and so we just really don't understand. I think that applies to, like, so many different things that we don't understand in the Bible. It's so clear from his... Um, perception where he like is all knowing and he's on the other side of death and he like fully understands and we're just down here like oh, I think sleep means sleep it's like guys keep up <laughs> I just love it when he's like correcting his disciples all the time yeah. it's so funny they just they never understand it's so great I feel like that's us sometimes but um so yeah then he told them plainly and in this bit he says for your sake I am glad I was not there and again, so hectic. Like, how could you say that? Like, that translates as I rejoice. Like, he rejoices that he wasn't there when <laughs> Lazarus died. Like, that's awful to say. I think that just hit me so hard. I was like, if someone said that to me, like when a relative died, and they were like, I'm glad I wasn't there to help. <laughs> I'm just so cut. Like, you love me, but you're saying, no, I just don't even get that. But again, like, because... Jesus is glad when he's able to like display God's glory and he knows that he'll be able to do that in not like in not too long literally in like an hour he's gonna or in a few days he's talking to his disciples but in a few days he's gonna raise this guy from the dead mm. but they don't know that um, and then he goes on 
Okay, so then they do the whole travel thing, they get there. Um, and as soon as the sisters hear that he's gotten there, Martha runs out. She's always like really proactive, like in other stories as well. She's like, all right, Jesus is here, let's go. Um, and so she goes straight to him and she says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, that sentence, like, it's so easy to think that she's being really, like, blaming, that she's like, Lord, like, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. I can't believe you weren't here. But I don't think she means that at all. I think it's honestly, like, such a statement of faith. It's like, I know that if you'd been here, he would have survived. I think that's beautiful. But I also, like, it's crazy because he didn't need to be there. Like, he could have... He could have kept Lazarus alive from the other side of the earth. Mm. So she doesn't fully understand, but she's still she's on the right track. She's on the right track. <laughs> and she has like this seed of faith. She's like, I know that if he'd been here, like he would have survived. And Jesus responds to faith. Like he responds to us, like even if we don't have the full understanding or we don't fully like comprehend his power, like he still responds to it and he like just loves faith. Like he loves it so much. It's so cool. And so it's like, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And I think that's, I really think that she's like feeling bad about kind of blaming him. So she's like, oh, but like, I know that you can do whatever you can. Like, I know you can do whatever you want. So she's kind of like reinstating the power of Jesus. And there's a really cool quote. I don't know if you guys know Charles Spurgeon. I'm sure you've heard of him. Just an amazing theologian and preacher. So... He talks about Martha and Mary's prayers that are really similar. And Martha says, so even now I know that you can do whatever you want. And he says, some prayers would be all the better if they were shorter. All the better if they did not so much declare our own will as declare our confidence in the goodwill of Christ. I like the omissions of Martha and Mary's prayers. I took so much from this. Like, that shook me so hard. (laughs) I think it's crazy because, like, we often pray and we'll be like Lord like you're so great like you go through like the whole like way you pray you know like admiring God for all he is and being so thankful but then you do have kind of a list of petitions and it's our prayers would be so much more powerful if we just said to Jesus like you are so powerful like have your way over my life I know that it's for my good because you love me Mm. and that's amazing like I think we need more of these like even now prayers as well like no matter what's going on in our life like even now you, you have control like, no matter what we're suffering through, no matter, like, what, like, I must say that my life has been very sheltered, and, like, I just want to say that as a precursor, because I know that there's a lot of people here that would have experienced heaps more than I have, um, but I think it's cool that in our suffering, we can be like, even now, you will have your way, and that's really powerful, um, and he says, your brother will rise again. And Martha's like, yeah, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Not fully grasping that he means in like five minutes. But um, <laughs> she like understands her theology and she's like an orthodox um, girl. And she gets it. She's saying, I know that. And that's such great faith again. And then Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Obviously, this is, like, what I'm basing my talk around, is this one line. And I think this is so amazing, because he makes two claims. He's like, I'm the resurrection, and I'm alive. And then about the resurrection, he says, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And then about life, he says, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's 
crazy. I mean, I was thinking about this so much there. It's like, what is the significance like, of him saying, I am it? Like, we get that he's res- resurrected. Like, we have that kind of sight now. We're so lucky to be on the other side of the resurrection to understand that. Um, but what is the significance of him saying, I am? I think it's, I think there's probably so much complexity to it that I don't understand. But I think it's cool because he's not saying, like, I know how to resurrect people or I can pray to, like, pray to the Father and I will resurrect people. And he's not saying, like, I know, like, secrets about resurrection. He's saying, I am it. Like, without me, there is no resurrection. Like, without having Jesus, and, like, you need Jesus. Like, without him, there is no resurrection. I think that's incredible. He's like, like, when he says, like, I am the bread of life, and, like, I am the gate, I am the shepherd, he is those things, and without him, like, you can't have those things. And, like, you need to go to Jesus for what he is, not for what he gives you. He's not like, I will give you the resurrection. He's like, I am the resurrection. He's like, have me. And I was like, so many times, like, nearly brought to tears by this passage. It's just like, oh, it's just pointing to himself so many times. He's like, guys, like, it's me. Like, all you need is me. And this whole, like, the whole gospel is just him pointing to himself. It's amazing. Like, he's actually so crazy. Like, we wouldn't understand in these days. Like, if someone did what he does, we would be like, well, you're so self-righteous, kind of. Like, you know what he says about John the Baptist? He's like, John the Baptist is the best man born of woman because he introduced me. <laughs> like, imagine. Only God can claim that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, such a hint. <laughs> I just love that. It's like, uh, it's like me saying, like, Clayton is the best man born to um, woman because he just introduced me to you guys. <laughs> like, that is so hectic for him to say. <laughs> What does he say that in John, does he? Yeah, he says that in, um, I don't know in which chapter. Oh, okay, fine. It's no, one that of the Gospels. That is but like, I'm so surprised I've read over that. So <laughs> it's like, John, yeah, John is the best man born of woman because he introduced me. Like, it's because all the prophets have like talked about Jesus, but John is the one that actually physically introduced him yeah. to everyone. Yeah. So incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, John's saying like, oh, I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. I'm not, like... There's a man better than me coming. But it's like Jesus isn't humble in response to that. He's not like, oh, John's a good preacher, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's the best man because he introduced me. (laughs) Jesus is just like constantly being like, guys, it's me. Like, it's so clear that it's so easy to miss. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said. And is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him, which was like kind of near the tomb of Lazarus. Um, when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. I love this so much because Mary, like as soon as she hears that Christ is there, she like leaves everything. Like there are so many formalities in Jewish mourning. Like you're meant to just be like so sad. Like, they cry, they hire wailers. Mm-hmm. Like, what? So that they can cry more. And if, like, the crying stops, the wailers will, like, wail. And it will get people <laughs> to kind of, like, cry, like, contagiously. It's just so crazy. And so she leaves all these formalities because she's like, Christ is here, I'm running. Like, she runs for him. Like, there's nothing more important to her. Like, she, I think it's so cool for us. It's like, formalities, like, yeah, we might think they're important, but nothing, nothing is more important than running to Christ when he's near. 
When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So it's much similar to what Martha said, and I think they're probably talking about it. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. This bit is like really interesting because our translation said deeply moved and troubled. Some of you might have a different translation, but what deeply moved actually means, it's like this Greek word. I wrote it down so I would not remember it. Um, oh yeah. Enebrigmasata. If anyone knows how to speak Greek, that's not how to say it, but <laughs> that's the word. And it means outraged. It means so angered, like, like furious. Wow. And once you learn that, it's like, how does this, how does that make sense? Like, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was outraged. He was furious and troubled. That's such a confusing thing to get your head around. Like, why would he be furious at people mourning? Like, wouldn't he just comfort them straight away kind of thing? But the crazy thing is, is that he's outraged at death. He's, like, outraged at sin and the way that sin actually kills his people and the way that the devil is able to, like, wreak havoc in this world with his believers. Like, he's so mad at death. And it's not meant to be that way. He never created death. Like, Sin leads to death and it's like the final enemy for all of us, even though we'll be resurrected afterwards. Like, you can't, like, all of us will die a physical death. You can't escape that unless Jesus decides to resurrect us before. But, you know, like, and Jesus hates that. And it's so sad to him. Like, he gets so frustrated because he's like, this isn't what was meant to be. You guys weren't meant to die. It's so moving to think that he's, like, sees death like that. And... Like, we don't see death like that anymore because we see death as, like, something that just happens and we're like, oh, well, if they're Christians, like, they will be resurrected and, like, there's life after death and people just come in and take the body and bury it and there's a funeral and it's sad, but, like, we don't get mad at death, but we should. Like, it wasn't, we weren't created for death. Mm. Like, we were created for life with Jesus forever Mm. and it's so sad that, like, sin came and, like, the devil, like, has power over that and, like, well, Jesus now is, has power over death, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it should never have been like this. And Jesus is mad. He's so mad. And it says, come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. <laughs> Whenever anyone used to ask my sister her favourite verse, she said, Jesus wept, because it's the only one she could remember. <laughs> and she was like, it just shows, like, the emotional side of Jesus, and then he's, like, fully human. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, at least, like, John 3.16 is long, and you can, like, sing it. Um, and I think she's so right as much as it was a cop out like she's really right Um, he is so human like he's fully human and fully God and like he is with us in our sadness in any sadness he is so with us he is weeping when we cry he wants to wipe the tears from our eyes like he is so compassionate and I love that I love the contrast like a few verses before Martha's like you are the one like, that came into the world. Like, like, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Like, the deity of Christ. And then, like, ten verses later, well, not even. It's like Jesus wept. Like, he's fully human as well. It's just really moving that he can be both those things. Um, and, like, so many, I think, so many people that have problems with suffering, they're like, why would God let it happen? But it's not God letting it happen, and he's so sad when it does. Mm. So it's pretty powerful.
So Jesus, once, once more deeply moved, frustrated, um, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he's been in there for four days. So again, she's just like, it's way too long. Like, four days, like, you can't raise someone that's been dead for four days. Like, it's going to stink. It's, <laughs> it's way too long. At first I was like, why does she care that it smells? Like, get over it. But it's, it's because she's <laughs> trying to say, like, the body's, like, decomposing now. <laughs> took me a while to get that. <laughs> um, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? He's like, come on. Like, I want to show you the glory of God. Like, it's about to happen. Stop, like, doubting me. It's going to happen. So then they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So, like, Jesus, as you know, is, like, constantly in prayer and, like, constantly in communion with the Father. Like, he's part of the Trinity. Like, they're always chatting, you know. Um, But I think that's awesome that he prayed so that people would hear him and that people would attribute this work to God. And they will think that Jesus is just some miracle worker. They're like, no, this is God. Like, God's doing this. And that's why he prays aloud. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the great clothes and let him go. Um, there's this one preacher that said, I don't know, I've forgotten his name. But he, just, he said, he's like, if he just said, come out, like, every dead person would have. I love that. Like, so cool. <laughs> it's just so powerful. Like, he had to say Lazarus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like that, that was pretty self-explanatory. But like, wow. I mean, no one would have expected that. That's crazy. And also, I had one more point that I forgot to make. But when Jesus wept, I think we think so much that like he would be weeping. Um, like people are like, just see how he loved him. Like that. They think that he's weeping for Lazarus, but he's not, I don't think he's weeping at all for the loss of his friend, because, like, that would be so fake if he knew he was going to, like, raise him in three minutes. Like, I don't think he's weeping for Lazarus. He's fully weeping for the people that are, like, uh, mourning about him. Um, but, yeah, that was just a point that I forgot to make. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's the passage. I have a few questions that you guys um, can discuss, but does anyone have any questions? Like any points. And it's kind of long. I love that this is not so much a question, but I just wanted to like bring back focus on the point that you made of like um, go to Jesus for what he is, not what he gives us, because what we seek is actually found in him. Like, I think that's so cool um, mm-hmm. when he says, I am the resurrection of the life. Like if we ask God for something, we could just as easily find that in do his work here on earth and if you know if heaven is the renewal of this creation 
then we're called to be like take part in that too. Um, so I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. There's so much in there. <laughs> like, oh, so cool. Yeah. I just love this passage. I'm like, whoa, I know. I have so many times read it as a story, but like, I yeah. think God has so much more in a story than just a story. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's, that's classy, like the Jesus Web thing just at the end there as well. Um, I forget where, where else it is in the Bible, but it often talks about how he takes like great compassion on the crowds that he sees. Yeah. And that's just, I feel like that just kind of like the epitome of that. Like even though he knows that it's all going to be a happy ending, he literally takes the time to stop and cry. So any part, like I find that so, I really yeah. like that. It's just showing like a great sense of compassion and like willing to like, that shows his like self-giving nature to like enter into other people's um, suffering. Mm. To, to kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so even when he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so true. He can it's see good. the bigger picture, but he's like still able to be compassionate. Yeah. I, th- I think that like really does speak something. I'm just like verbally processing this right now. But I feel like <laughs> yeah. the, fact that, the fact that Jesus like literally knows what's just about to happen, like instead of being like, whoa, 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 like calm down your emotions, like just wait for it. He's like, he'll get on their level and he'll like, Understand the depth of their emotions relating to that. Because mm. mm. he just cares. So because he ca- exactly he cares so much about the people who are mourning. Like yeah. the situation, he knows will be resolved, but he cares about like the people and how they're impacted. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah, inside of that as well, it's nearly, and this is something that always hits me with this thing is that um, uh, particularly Mary and Martha are like, oh, if you were here, like none of this would happen. So they acknowledge straight away that like if Jesus was here, this wouldn't have happened. And then they're like, oh, but now you are here, everything's going to be sweet. But then when they walk to the tomb, they're like, no, no, don't open it. (laughs) So it's like, hang on a second, like you were here, now everything's going to be good. Now you're like, don't open it because it's going to smell. So like, if I didn't open it, it wouldn't. But like, for me, like, if I put that in our context, it's like, I think it's so obvious with some of our things in our life, right? It's like, we get this thing or say a blessing or something. And it's like, oh, it's so evident. You're like, oh, this is cool. And then it's like, you just totally forget, like, what it was. And then you brought back again. And then you're like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah. And it's like, it's always just, like, reality of, like, all right, I see this and now I don't. Now I see this and I don't. Like, Jesus was literally standing in front of them. They'd seen him do, you know, miracles before. But yet they still didn't comprehend, like, mm. what was about to happen. Mm. So I think, I nearly take it as, like, a, <laughs> maybe it's not a great, like, a, a reminder sometimes of, like, the reality is that sometimes I'm just going to, like, forget or, like... Mm. Um, steer away from like that idea and steer away from that it's like a good reminder to be like, just, like he's right there just come back because it's there and if, they're, if Mary and Martha are doing it with Jesus standing in front of you like I think yeah, gives exactly. us a bit of a chance to yeah, fail as well so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> allows them to fail like once or twice yeah, so, so. But, yeah that's good There's actually a point that I wrote that I forgot about that I really love. When Jesus wept, it's like he shows that there's like because Jesus was without shit, like without sin and without shame, like shows that there is like no sin and there's no shame in tears. Like no matter what you're crying about, like there's no sin in tears and there's no sin in like grieving or shame in grieving. Like Jesus did it. I just think that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting that because we, I don't know, I feel like there's a tendency in life for people to feel like they need to downplay their grief or like their kind of hurt in life compared to other people's um and 
yeah, the fact that Jesus is able to recognise them in their space, like he has a greater understanding of grief and he's seen other really, you know, awful things happen, but mm. he's still able to like validate and like acknowledge their grief yeah. and kind of get on the level there. And then, yeah. and then on that as well, I was just thinking with that, with his acknowledgement of the grief, I think it's also an example, I think often we get caught up in the idea of like Jesus just overthrows everything and like screw tradition and like we don't need Sabbath anymore sort of thing. Sure, like we don't in the way that like we that they used to. But I think it's a good way of him kind of not necessarily coming in and overthrowing the tradition, but like actually just being like, oh this is respecting the tradition that they have, like wailing with them. Um, yeah, so I don't know, I was kinda of trying to go down the road of like not here to like abolish but to fulfil it sort of thing. But still playing with it. Mm. But yeah, then also obviously for the they hired women, as you were saying, to do the whaling. Um, so it wasn't very like a fashionable thing for men to do. And I know I know an Indian mate of mine told me that in India when his grandma passed away, he said it's specifically the role of women to cry, like the men don't cry. So I don't know if there's some carryover there, but you'd probably see like a hundred men with your genes being like, what what was like oh <laughs> I don't know if that was like their society, but yeah. yeah. Sure. As well, I think like the, the story of Jesus and like the years he was on the earth as well, you can see in his life, like he's just teaching the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's like by example like, as well, like he talked about like Jesus wept, like he's showing them like that it's okay to do that. And he's showing like and then even like he's modelling a prayer before like yeah. he prayed his Lazarus when he's dead as well. Like he's showing us how to pray. Yeah. Um saying like I thank you that you've heard me. Um, and I know that you always hear me kind of thing. Yeah. And it's his son. It's like, that's crazy. Had no, had no need to do it at all. Yeah, he but just lives it's like, yeah. it's such an example. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's cool to see Jesus giving new life to a dead person when you think of our own life and how that's what God wants for each of us as well. Like it's it's just really cool to have this story that this actually happened in history. Where someone died of death for three, four days and then he's risen again. And I think like yeah God I think God would ask us a question like how do we live in light of that we're gonna have resurrection life one day? And if I could think about that more often and contemplate that I have eternal life in heaven with God like that would change the way that I live my day to day in terms of what I think is like important. Um, I think there's something powerful in that as well. And um, and then there's this also this call for us to live, start living our resurrection life now. Like, you know what I mean? As Jesus says, like, die to your sins and follow follow me. Like, we are set free from our sins and things that have like held us in bondage. And we're no longer like a slave to those things. Like God's given us the power of His Holy Spirit to set us free from sin in our life. And like and we can experience it. I know like when I've had times in my life where I've like I was so captured by that sin once and now I felt the Holy Spirit give me power and now I feel this resurrection life inside of me that that's no longer a sin that I care about or struggle with or I'm frustrated by. That's an electric, exciting feeling as well. Like, not that you do it just for the feeling, but it's just so cool to experience some of that life that God gives us and that freedom that in that resurrection we experience now mm. as well.
kind of cool to see such a literal example of new life yeah. compared to like a spiritual new life because you can go well if you can do that in the physical then like kind of mm-hmm. makes the spiritual feel like yeah. easier or like of course you can do that or yeah, it's like to us yeah, yeah. to us life and death is so um like finite i guess but to jesus like as he says in the whole like he's a slave like he's just waking him up like it's just easy kind of thing so i don't know at least to me it, it makes me feel like the fact that he can give me new life i'm like oh of course he can do that like he can raise man from the dead like of course he can bring new life to my life that is physically living still <laughs> cool that's so good cat yeah really like really good points this is really cool um quote kind of about um, like how death is not final um i just get it i sent it to him So then, what happens to the child of God that we said that we say died? What has happened is that he has his spirit, which is the real me, has moved out of the tent, the temporary abode that God has made for my spirit, into the house, the building of God, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This tent in which I am living is only a temporary measure for me. You never think of a tent as a permanent residence. It's always transient. We're moving on. Um, it's interesting that in the Holy Land today, there are still the Bedouins, a nomadic people who live in their tents. And they move their tents from place to place. They keep their sheep and their goats and all, and they let them sort out work um, in the pasture area. Um, and then they'll fold up their tents. They are nomadic people. Now, it's interesting that the Bedouins, as some of them begin settling in areas, when they start to settle in an area, you know that they've decided this is where they're going to settle because they start making little shacks and get rid of the tents. And so God has a new body for me. It's a body that's designed for the heavenly environment. It is a body that is my eternal abode. It is a body that cannot and will not age. It is a body that cannot know pain or suffering. It is a body that can't be incapacitated by a virus or a disease or whatever. Accurate right now. It's a body that won't get tired and won't have a bulge in the middle. The new body, the building of God, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Wow. That's so epic. That's sick. Where's that from? I think it's a Chuck Smith sermon from like the 50s. Yeah, that's sick. So sick. I just think that's so much to do with like, yeah, when Jesus is like, oh, he's sleeping, but like, like he's going to be resurrected into a new body. But it's so easy to like see this life as kind of all that is because it's kind of all that we see, like people living, you know. It's hard to have that eternal perspective sometimes. But I love that. It's like this is our tent. Like, and this is like, Think about it's like a glimpse of an eye and like what our life is going to be. It's like not, it wouldn't even make a mark on a piece of paper like so long about life. Mm. It's crazy. But it's so easy to see it as like the most important thing and you get so caught up. Maybe I'm going on a rant. <laughs> no, it's so cool. Oh. I like that idea of a tent being like, because a tent is so temporary and you just like yeah. wouldn't ever expect to live some, someone live to live in, in it. And if someone <laughs> continued to live in it for a long time, you'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, it's like, 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 like,
and it's also like so much more prone to the elements than a house is like that's true. in the wind and all that kind of thing. Should we split up into groups? I had one question. I feel like Mari just named another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, could you reset? I was just saying, like, if we could contemplate our resurrection life, how would we live our life today differently? Or how, how would our understanding of resurrection life in the future change how we live today? Yeah. I think that's definitely a lot in that. Um, and my other question was just, like, with that contrast of um, God being, like, almighty, deity, um, king kind of thing, all glorious, and then being human, like, do we in our lives seem as like more one than the other kind of thing like do we ever miss like one of them like maybe you maybe you forget that he's actually with you in your suffering he's with you in your troubles and he's so human and so able to like console you or maybe he's just that to you and you forget about the deity and like how glorious he is and like that he is actually like creator of all things and reigns over everything and I was just wondering maybe that would be an interesting point like if you think you maybe see him as more of one find that concept really hard just in general yeah like a man that's god that's a man but he's also god <laughs> it's yeah it's a, yeah i find that like you just kind of think that even james's brother like didn't pick up that he was god yeah like that's that that's me like really mind-blowing mm. um but one of those like another mystery of christ to be completely honest mm. like i find the idea hard but i I think it'd be hard for us to find someone who was like, oh yeah, he's God and man. Like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And fully get it. Yeah. But I think I think we like in terms of like what time do we, like what type do we like, gravitate to towards more? Like I think we're all guilty of like making Jesus out who we want him to be, whether it's like yeah. man or God or teacher only teacher or um yeah, like he calls himself I saw it here before, but he, he goes by like so many different titles. Um, and all of them just have so many, so much significance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's my point? <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah. I, I think more is just like a precautionary thing. I think it's it's good to um, be careful. Like we can know from the gospels who Jesus is, yeah. and we do know, like based on the claims that, like he emptied himself of his divinity for us, but that he still maintained a sin, like a sinless life. And therefore, mm. only God can do that. So, like, easy to stick to the fundamentals that are here in the Gospels, and we should just be aware of like the subtle workings of our own culture and how that makes us like reflect that back onto who we think He is. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, just discuss whatever you want, actually. But yeah, I thought they were two good questions. Yeah. Totally. Should we just go for it? There's also a really good little chapter in Romans 6 about resurrection life and death. Yeah, it's really good. Can read it? Oh, oh we can read it if people are interested. Or yeah, if we've got time. Go on, Mars. Thank you. Are you going to read it? Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, I hope it's not too long. But I think I think it's cool. I think it's got a lot to do with what Kat's saying tonight, and it's about yeah. Um, what shall we say then? Shall we go on singing so the grace may increase? Hang on a second. Let me just check. I'm reading the right section. Um, uh, or do we not know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Um, so as we've gone under the water in baptism, we've that been, we've died with Christ and therefore um, buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. Um, for if we have been united with him in death um, like this, we will certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that our body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Mm-hmm. Leave that. <laughs> cool. To avoid boys, girls. Cats could so, so be seven. <laughs> That's seven. That's seven. Yeah.